Welcome to the Endurus Project Podcast. My name is Chris, your host, also known as CJ on YouTube. And this is the second episode since returning back to the mic. And I'm super excited for this one because today uh, you're actually going to get a sneak peek of what happens post-race when I have a conversation with my coach. You know, we talk about the race and what's next and what's uh, will be uh, a part of training leading into, for me, it will be Santa Cruz and now the World Championships as well as uh, goals, things I can work on, stuff like that. So if you watch my videos, you know who my coach is, but he's a plant-based triathlon coach, yogi teacher, 17-time, maybe even more now, 17-time Ironman finisher, a Boston qualifier, Kona, and 70.3 world championship qualifier and completer in some cases now as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting to race with him in Utah at St. George for my first world championships. And I know one of his goals will be to qualify for Finland as well. Well, he goes by BJ or Coach BJ. I call him BJ. And he's the founder and owner, along with his wife, who is amazing. Her name is Jess. She's also been on the videos. And they're the founder and owners of Yogi Triathlete, which is basically a lifestyle, wellness, and coaching team that trains athletes to uh, lift their limits and master their goals, which I can 100% attest to. Thanks for coming on, bud. Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks for uh, Thanks for inviting me on. And to have this conversation uh, face to face because normally we do it uh, over the phone. So this is this is quite the, the surprise. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. It's it is than just speakerphone or okay. face. Totally. <laughs> well, I know uh, you are super busy. When are you headed? You're headed to Lake Placid to support the team, right? I am. Yeah, I'm leaving tonight. Actually, I'm taking the red eye into Boston. Going to see some family. I'm from back east. I'm actually from Massachusetts. Um, and then we're going to drive with a buddy out to Placid to go experience uh, one of my, if not the um, most favorite race I've ever done and would want to go back and do again. Yeah, that, I did that race in 2007, I believe. It was my second Ironman, and it was incredible. Uh, it and Coeur d'Alene are still my two favorite. Uh, you know, I've heard Canada's, the Canada races are great. I've never done any of those, but Coeur d'Alene and uh, Lake Placid are amazing. Yeah, the energy of the Olympic energy, you know, to hold two yes. Olympics there, or three Olympics, two, two summer, one winter, amazing. Or one summer, yes. two winters. Um, and how yeah, many athletes awesome. do uh, we have competing? I know Daniel. Daniel just does a, a an Ironman or half Ironman every other weekend. He has a a packed race schedule, and he's only halfway through it. But yeah, he's racing Placid. And then we have another athlete, Chris Bruce, who uh, hmm. he originally signed up to do Placid like three years ago. And with COVID and the rollovers and everything, this will finally coming to fruition. Um, we had a few other athletes. Things sort of happen in life. And mm -hmm. so it's just those two, uh, this year. Okay. Well, cool. Well, is that going to, I don't even know, is there a pro field at that race? There is. Yeah. Pretty, pretty oh, stacked sweet. pro field, um, men, uh, and women, but it's also the same time as the PTO Canadian championship right. on Sunday. So it's going to have some, some players there. It's actually, we have some podcast guests racing, so it'll be good to catch up with oh, them. Sweet. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, the goal of this was to get together and talk about, uh, you know, kind of what we do post-race. I always, BJ always has me make notes on uh, what went well, kind of thoughts post-race and and all of that. And it was it really hard to even be negative at all about this race. You know, I came away feeling amazing, right? I had a PR race. I had uh, fastest swim. Thanks for the lake or the river. I mean, but I even beat last year's 
swim in the same river. Uh, bike was, I believe when I went back and looked, uh, faster by a little bit, you know, I was really hoping to break, uh, 22, but it was a high 21 mile per hour. And the run was my fastest run I've ever had in, uh, uh, half Ironman. It's seven fifteen pace. So hard to complain about anything that occurred that day. It was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. I think, I think if you look at it like that, uh, right off the top, I would say your approach in terms of the energy that you brought to that trip, being calm, being focused, allowing things out of your control to sort of fluctuate, not, not, not have things have to be a certain way, trusting that you're fit and strong. And also knowing this is the great piece of it is that, you know, you have more. And we talked about it in training peaks through notes, like, you know, you can run faster, but for where you are right now and where you've come in 16 weeks to go out and execute a 715 pace for a half Ironman is uh, exceeded our expectations. I would say maybe you had some sub goals, but I think, I think you can run faster. I know you can run faster, but to put yourself this at this, uh, point in the half marathon this quickly is pretty, is pretty impressive. That's what I, that's the first takeaway I have. Yeah. Going in, I had my doubts, right? The, the voices in the head, the thoughts of there is no way I can run seven thirties, right? It just that big break at the end of the year, the beginning of the year and you know, the inconsistency over the last year. Um, you know, I, in the back of my mind, it was not possible. But, you know, I, I, I went in kind of, as you always say, just kind of detaching from the results, right? It's, it's, Hey, let's try and break five hours. And uh, I know I could have done that pretty close to even running eight thirties. Right. So I knew I, I was really confident of breaking five hours, um, as the race got closer and the excitement and all that built pretty soon, it was like, you know, I think I can go sub 445, right? My confidence built going into the week or two, and especially the last month when we started really incorporating speed into the longer runs, I felt like I was almost itching for it. And that I think is where my doubt came from is we were building back because of my long break, the long runs weren't really that long and we weren't really doing that much speed work, right? It was a lot of base work and, my heart rate was high. And then those last few weeks, all of a sudden it's, you know, it's 12 mile runs and it's seven, seven, seven fifteens. I'm doing some sub sevens. And it just, all of a sudden within the last couple of weeks, it just, my confidence just skyrocketed. I think there's an element to that, Chris, where it's this flow. And if you look back at our conversation in your video from a few you know months ago, it was like, okay, well, this is what we're going to work on. But there's this flow of, of the training that you're doing and how you're completing the training with more in the tank, with, with, with more energy, with more um, joy. You were definitely more joyful in, in these workouts. And, and to the point of, I want you to want more. I don't want you to, to get to the point, or an athlete, I don't want to get to the point where you're dreading the workout or just barely finishing the workout. When you're coming back from a break like that, we really want to set up success after success, win after win, as small, as tiny as it is, but also listening to your, your feedback of, you know, you want to run with a group and be in community. Uh, and you, you had a few trips planned in there. So we had to work around that all leading up to the point where you were pushing good workouts the week before 
Oregon, where normally I think you were kind of itching for some taper. You're like, well, taper is supposed to be coming around here. Right. Right. But I really feel, I feel, I feel good about where you were at that moment to keep, keep that taste in your mouth, that, that freshness of this, this ability to perform day after day, doing some, some, some quick workouts. So that, that feeling is fresh in the mind. So really you only had a few days there when you traveled that week leading in, um, that, and, and, and you popped right on the, on the perfect day. You know, one of the things you do, which I've never experienced is you, which I always tell people about when I talk about you is I get my workouts pretty much, uh, the day before when I complete my workouts and I leave comments, that's like the, the motivation to get in there and leave information, the new workouts for the next day will show up, right? The way you coach isn't here is a week or two weeks, email me summaries each day, or, you know, very hands off. You are constantly adjusting, monitoring, looking for feedback. And that's been huge for me because one, I don't get caught up in what is there for the week? What is there for two days from now? What is, you know, I have the ability to leave you notes and say, Hey, my daughter has a soccer game, et cetera. need to ride this day. need to run this day. And for the most part, the flow is the same each week, right? I swim three days. I swim with a master's team, that type of stuff, but you're adjusting it on the fly. And it really has, uh, for someone like me who really will concentrate on things and go, you know, start analyzing them too soon or overanalyzing and thinking about it too much. It's really helped me kind of let go of what the workouts are, right? I have friends who will say, so, well, what's Saturday's workout? Are you running? Are you riding? Are you, and I'm just like, I, I'll tell you Friday afternoon. Well, they're like, well, I have to plan. I'm like, it's probably going to be a run. If you want to run with me, then you, you get to find out on Friday afternoon. You don't get to know now. Um, which is really hard for people to not know that far in advance, but it's, it's taken some getting used to, but I love it now. It's, it's exciting actually to see what is tomorrow's workouts. I look forward to seeing what they are. That's, that's the story I see 100% of the time with people that come to Yogi Triathlete. They want to know what's happening, but they're, they have that opening, you know, that curiosity of, okay, well, I'll give this a try. There's gotta be something to it. And then when you frame it as you have so many things in your life managing, you know, work and family and social commitments. And you're, you're, you're spending a lot of energy there to just be delivered a workout where you just have to go in, look at the workout the day before and just know what it is and then get it done the next day to not have to really like think about it. It sort of frees up some extra time, but it also adds that excitement and curiosity of, Oh, I wonder what's next. I'm going to complete today. I'm going to give all my energy to today of whatever this workout is um, so that I, I know when I put this feedback in there, I'm going to get something, I'm going to get something good tomorrow. I think, I think when you do span out the workouts and people are able to see too far in advance, they begin to adjust today and tomorrow and say, well, I don't need to go 100%. as hard today. I'm going to hit those 300 watts on Saturday when I actually have to. So I'm going to take a little easier today. But that's not, that's not, that's not how the plan goes. And I think yeah, you also experienced, really, oh, go ahead. No, no, I said, I'm not, I've really learned to trust you in that, right? Where typically it's like, okay, I've got this long run on Saturday. I probably don't want to run too hard because Sunday I've got a three hour bike, right? And you, and I hear people doing that all the time, right? They don't want to overexert themselves because they're already worried about the workout that's two days after that. And ultimately I've learned to just trust what you prescribe 
is the intensity I need to go. Uh, and, uh, don't go harder, <laughs> which is, uh, I tend to want to do, uh, at least in the run. Um, but you know, listen to what you subscribe and then the next day will just take care of itself. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it, it's that trust. It's the trust that you're going to get those tasty workouts, Chris, there's going to be a time you're going to be like, pump the brakes, like, please <laughs> enough of these mile repeats. Like I'm, I'm done. But, in, but there's a process in building up to that again, back to the many wins. We need to keep having you win, 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 like feel good about this whole experience so that when you do have an element of a race that doesn't go well, you're still able to shift. You're able, you're able to shift to what was the win that I could pull out of this. It's not, it's not totally a, a terrible experience. There's always something we can pull out of it, but you've already got that mindset that shifts pretty quickly away from the lack to the possibility. Yeah. I think, uh, I really had to embrace that last year when, you know, those, like my last three races, just race after race after race, it just felt like I was failing, 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 but each race I took something away from it and I learned from it. And, uh, I think all of that really helped going into this race. And, uh, like I said, we built in and then, yeah, you, you had me and I was kind of itching for, okay. I wanted to know, I was kind of, it's like, I want to do a video and tell people the taper's coming. It's going to start now. Right. And I was itching to know, and it wasn't coming and it didn't really come. And, it, and then we did a hard workout like this Saturday or Sunday before, right. Uh, you know, seven days out. And, it was great. I felt great. The workout went really well. And then I had travel. So you kind of knew that I had two days where I was going to be traveling and not training to get up to Oregon. And, uh, yeah, then you just kept the, I mean, I would say the intensity didn't really drop the volume dropped. And, uh, I went into the race just feeling, um, super snappy and, and fast. That's perfect. Yeah. So, and taper can change, Chris, like it really can, depending on travel, depending on uh, opportunity in the body, uh, depending on, you know, uh, what's going on in, in terms of volume and how you're adapting to it. So taper can always change. So that's, that's where I, I feed a lot of your feed off of a lot of your notes, a lot of our conversations, a lot of the workouts that you do so that I get the feeling of where you're at. Um, and if I don't know, I will ask you, uh, and you're, you're very good at, at telling me how it is not trying to cover over, well, I'm fine. I can go do that. Um, I think that's, that's an important piece is the communication and always using the truth of how you're feeling, um, so that you can get the most out of it. You've got high performance goals. You know, these are, you're not out there just, of course you're having fun, but you want to, you want to be the best you can be like the best version of you on race day. And in order to do that, there's things that need to happen, uh, leading up to a race that, I think a lot of athletes want, but fall short of execution of it. Um, but you, I think you made a commitment. Well, I know you made a commitment in December when you were moving through uh, the holidays and, and re, re committing yourself to it. And you were like, okay, it's go time. Let's go. What do I need to do? Um, and I yeah. think that's, yeah, I think at the end the of last year, I was uh, worn out from being sick. And then, uh, which felt like it just, I just kept getting sick right before I would race again. It just, it wouldn't go away. It wouldn't go away. And, uh, and then, you know, the videos, everything, I just felt really worn down. I stepped away from making videos. I stopped making the podcast. I just, I just kind of needed a, a little reset and I think, um, kind of change of mindset, honestly. And I think coming back and, um, 
it was good. And actually this race was a real test of that because I committed to doing the race week videos and was a little nervous. It's going to be too much, but I committed to just, you know, the quality doesn't have to be the quality that I want it. You know, it's just get, get the content out. And, um, I really enjoyed doing that. And then going into the race, I would say this has been, it was a really cool experience to be out and constantly be meeting people that watch the videos, right? Taking pictures and all that. But at some point you realize, okay, this can become too much, right? And and it's balancing that, but it was really fun to get to do it and, and get to balance it and get to figure out how to work my way through it. Yeah, I think stepping away, even though you love the videos, stepping away from it for a little while is okay. Stepping away from the sport for a little while is okay. It doesn't mean that it's totally gone and, and you're never going to do them again. It's being with yourself today. Like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel good to make videos today, but guess what? That could change tomorrow. It could change in a few weeks. And you produced an amazing, you know, lead up to your race where people I'm sure were just, you know, hanging on, on every moment to when you were going to post your video. I know some people were like, <laughs> when is Chris going to launch the recap? When is he going to launch the recap? Uh, they had texted me that. And I said, when he's, yeah, when he's travel. ready, got to travel, <laughs> <laughs> right. just got to get home. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. ebbing and flowing, right? Ebb and flow. And I'm sure you had that yeah. on the run. Did you have some ebb and flow? 100%. Like hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, the first seven or eight miles were wonderful, right? I was smiling. I was just enjoying passing people and you know, reeling them in and just hunting them down. It was such a fun feeling because I've never felt like that. I've always felt like it's almost like triage, right? It's like, how do I survive this and get through this run without uh, walking? And that was not the case, uh, at least until like mile nine or 10. And then, then things started to uh, take a little bit of a turn. You know, I was, I was, I was hurting a little bit. My uh, feet were hurting me a little bit. And, um, but I don't think nutrition was ever an issue. I think probably uh, I, maybe I ran a little beyond myself, right? So those last couple of miles, um, I suffered a little bit. Uh, but overall, um, yeah, that, those, that, that uh, downside didn't come until the last two thirds or three quarters, which was amazing because I knew it was almost over. Yeah. And even then you weren't, it wasn't going from a seven fifteen pace to a 10 minute pace. You know, it no. wasn't, it wasn't atrocious. It was what happens when you go and race a race. Like you need to put yourself in that experience when you get to mile 10 to see what happens in the mind and the body, what shows up and how you manage that. So now you just great, you just, um, gather a ton of information on yourself. That's beautiful. Yeah. Like, okay, now I know, like I can go out hot and be able to work with the feelings, the thoughts, the sensations at mile 10. You can work with that. So the 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 answer to this isn't to just okay, well I need to go easier to start. No, it's it's right. continue to do what you're doing. Work with that that feeling that the 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 belief that happens at mile 10 and 11. That's the only difference. So you ran perfectly uh a perfect race. Yeah, if you look at it on paper, I would probably say it a little too hot, maybe in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted but, to prove to myself that I could suffer though. <laughs> tell you the truth. Right. It was like, I wanted to prove that come those, those, those final miles that I could suffer or push through the suffering, I guess. Right. And, and, uh, control the mind, uh, change the thoughts, right. Uh, focus on being calm and breathing and, and just get through, uh, the pain. And, and I think I, Proved myself that I can. So that was a huge boost in uh, my confidence as well. 
Yeah, you got to, you have to, so you can do the things before, the things that you're doing, Chris, the yoga, the mindfulness, the meditation, uh, paying attention to what you're doing, why you're doing it more often. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're working on it. Jess is probably a little bit more towards perfection, <laughs> um, but we're working with those, those things daily so that when we get to this moment at mile 10, that you have some tools in your toolbox to say, okay, well, all I need to do is focus on my breath or... Uh, I've been here before in some intervals. I know I can run strong. I know this is not going to last forever. It's only temporary, whatever you need to do, but you really can't practice that until you're in that moment. Right. When you're at mile 10, when you're at mile 11 and the wheels are coming off and potentially people are passing you, what is your reaction? And so that's, that's the gold in, in racing, um, and it's something you can't, you can't, um, you can practice a little bit in training, but the emotions, the, the sensations, the, the thoughts really come in super strong when you're actually at the end of a race that's dragging and pulling everything, everything out of you. Yeah. I don't and know if I share with you, there was a, it was in that last two miles because at mile at the last final mile, you kind of break off and you're, you're headed home, right? So you're out of the loop. And I was tracking this guy that was in front of me and, um, he was in all black and I was just trying to catch him at that point. I was in a lot of pain and I was just focused on him. Just, just keep, you know, uh, closing the gap, closing the gap. And I, I got up to him and I went past him. And, uh, at that point he kind of started to pick it up a little bit and was running, you know, he kind of come up, came up next to me and was running next to me. And, um, we never talked, never said anything. And, uh, eventually I went on and he turned left to start a second loop. And then when I was waiting for some others to finish the race at the finish line, I saw him and, uh, I told him, you know, Hey, Congratulations. Thanks for running next to me for a while. And he said, you know, it's so funny. I caught back up to you because I wanted to tell you, man, your kit and your shoes are on fire. They match and, and, and they just look cool. And when I got up next to you and I looked at you, you were in so much pain and you were just working so hard. He's like, I didn't say anything. I just kept running with you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so That's awesome. That pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You were definitely, if, if, uh, people listening haven't seen the video that Chris put out, seeing him come up that final stretch to the finish banner. Like you were huffing and puffing. You were, that was max. That was max. Um, yeah. I felt like if it was any it. longer, I would have, I would have been in trouble. Yeah. So yeah. it was, I was glad it ended when it did. <laughs> <laughs> but so now we're eight weeks out. So that was one of the things I think, uh, I came away from that race, you know, I accomplished, which was the craziest thing is I accomplished kind of all the goals that we had set beyond well beyond the goals we had set. Right. So, uh, Utah was a, or St. George was a hope. Maybe I can get a spot and Finland in my mind was, uh, not a possibility whatsoever, right. Just cause of the limited number of spots and it kind of showed up in the last two weeks. So coming off that race, it's been now, uh, I guess a little bit over a week and I was kind of struggling. I was actually in this video, I talked about, you know, kind of, it's a little bit of motivation and, and not, not motivation to do the workouts, but motivation to like clean up my gear and, and do some stuff. And that's been my focus is kind of start momentum again. And, um, it's really been, okay. I've got Santa Cruz 
which is eight weeks away. And I've got the world championships now, which is about, uh, 16 or 17 or something like that mm -hmm. weeks away. It's not that much. It's October 28th and 29th. Um, so it's just kind of this. So what is my plan now? Right. What, what's next? What, what are my goals? I definitely, like we said, I, I feel like I can run faster. I feel like I can get down to that seven, uh, maybe, maybe break that seven minute mile pace. Um, I feel like there is a lot of improvement I can still make on the bike. I feel like I haven't, uh, reached my potential on the bike. So I think, uh, I can, I can do more with that. And, um, I think part of that is one of the, one of the goals I know that I want to set for St. George is one of my goals for this race was to get down under 190. I got down to 187. Uh, I would really like to target 180 for St. George because I, I know that I have fat that I can lose and I can continue to reduce some of the muscle size. Um, and it's really going to be kind of balancing when does, when do I start to lose, uh, in my strength to weight ratio, right? I can continue to lose weight and lose weight and lose weight, but at some point it's going to tilt and I'm going to lose strength and, uh, the benefits, there's not going to be a return on the, on the benefit as much. So I'd like to target 180 as my goal for St. George. And, uh, so seven pounds, maybe after this last week, it might be back to 10 pounds. I don't know. I've been, I've definitely been refueling quite well since being back from Oregon. That's good. Yeah. You want to have those, <laughs> you want to have those refueling moments. That's okay. You've done, you proved it more chocolate in my life. That's okay. Chocolate's good. <laughs> um, the great thing about, uh, St. George, Chris, is that being lighter is going to be more helpful because it's going to be hilly. The second thing about St. George is you can't qualify for anything. So it's just this race. So that's the place to go for it. Who, who cares where you end up? Um, and this is my experience with it. I, who cares where you end up in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, it'll, it's a place within the world, but it's a race that you don't really walk away with anything except a like you participated in a championship and the experience. So it's great to go, go after it, like go have, go have a go at it. Um, see what you can do, put yourself in the hurt box, you know, on the bike and then see if you can run to your potential. Um, they haven't released the run course yet. If it's anything like it was for the world championships last year, there's some good uphill and downhills. Uh, so a lot of pop, yeah, uh, I actually went back and watched, I watched, um, some of the, uh, like Lionel's video and some of them where they show a lot. Um, and I actually started restreaming the broadcast of last year's St. George 70.3, just to watch it, to, to see the course, to see what the swim was like, see what the bike was like. Um, and, uh, I just went this week, right. Or, uh, and went and rode, um, GMR and, and now, uh, ran it. And in my mind, it's like, okay, that, that is one of the biggest fears I have, I think going into the race and I've always shied away from hilly races, right? Even Oceanside. Um, it has those couple of big climbs. Uh, it's one of my fears is racing hilly races. And so that's something I want to overcome, but I also want to go in with confidence knowing that, Hey, I, I can climb. Yeah. And Santa Cruz actually is a rolling course. It's not, it's not flat. It's not anywhere near St. George, but it's going to have some, some punchy, and say punchy hill, some long rollers that you need to go up and over. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start working on hills. Um, and the best way to get better at hills, 
is to ride some hills, right. <laughs> is to get yep. out there and, and <laughs> put the work in. You, you've seen my rides every weekend. Uh, I'm up doing a five, six hour ride that includes eight to 10,000 feet of elevation. Uh, I ride hills to get stronger. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, that you will, you will need to do the same. Um, and it's going to be a shy away from getting into TT position and watching speed, you know, all that's going to go way down, but you're going to gain strength. And most importantly, you're going to gain confidence. You're, you, you can be a hill climber. You can, I don't, I don't believe a story about weight or height or, you know, your upbringing is, is a valid reason to not say you can't climb, not you, but anyone who's, who's indulging in that. Um, you just commit to it. Use the same willpower, determination, grit that you have used to get yourself two qualifications in one race and use it to become a, a better climber. You're not going to be, uh, like the tour climbers, but you can be, you can be a better climber and we all can, uh, but it takes riding hills. And I think you just started that this weekend by, you know, taking action. You want something, yeah. you have a thought, take action on it, see what shows up, detach from how it looks. Yeah. And I, I actually am looking forward to that training because, uh, that training's hard in a sense. Right. And I like doing some of the hard work and, and riding the hills and, um, running hills, you know, coming back into triathlon a couple of years ago, I was coming off of doing just a ton of ultra running. And, uh, so I, I love running hills. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I will say it's funny since qualifying and it kind of settling in, I, I was immediately looking at, man, well, I hope I don't come last in my age group. <laughs> There's going to be all the talent in the world is going to be there. One of my goals, not last in the age group. <laughs> I think you can accomplish that one. I think you can, <laughs> but I get it. Like you're there with the best in the world, like the best in the world. So, um, yeah. and I think Chris, um, I know you love trail running. Uh, and this is something I've incorporated to, especially my lead up to St. George when I did it last year was to make my long run on Sunday, like a two or three hour run slash hike, uh, with lots of elevation. I think we were running 4,000 feet, you know, we did two wow. loops of Telega, but it wasn't, I was running probably half of it, but hiking and right. running downhill are just so beneficial um, for that strength that you're talking about when you get to, uh, when you get to the run in, in a hilly course yeah, and, I'm and trails you love, you love trails, right? Yep. 100%, 100%. And, uh, I will be, my trip to sink, uh, to Santa Cruz will be shorter, right? That's a kind of a local race five hours up. So that one, I won't be up there for a lot of time, but I have taken your advice on, um, getting to races earlier when I can. And my plan is I'm going to be Daniel and I got a place. So we're going to be going up on Monday. So we'll have, uh, that whole week there in St. George to acclimate to the altitude and to get out on the course and, and just take in. That's what I really want. I just want to take in the whole experience. You know, I, I've only ever done 70.3s and Ironman where the, the agenda is two or three days, right? Friday things start and then they're done on Sunday. And uh, I got the schedule for this and it's uh, like kicking off on Monday. There's just stuff going on for a week straight. So that's exciting. That's, that's how you be. Yeah. I mean, celebrate it. We, we, we do exactly what you talk about. Like we plan these races and we get in and out as soon as, as possible. And, and there's reasons behind that. Like we live busy lives and, um, and we got to get back to life, but it's great to kind of soak up 
the energy of a world championship, like the days before and even a day or two after and just, just let it like soak in. So that's my reason behind doing it. We're headed up Sunday to uh, the Sunday before. So just the day before you, but we're going to be there all week. Um, I, I just like being in that energy and that's, that's, yeah. it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things you, you I, whenever I come back from an event like this, uh, that's what's different about going to an Ironman or half Ironman or, uh, for me, like a multi-day trail run, right? You, you're in that energy for days leading up and, uh, you get to know people way more than you would just showing up to a local race and then taking off right after. So I love that energy. And then I told Daniel, Hey, I got to get there early because since coming back and starting to race, uh, the Habs again, I haven't bought a single Ironman item. Right. So no hats for Oregon, no hats for Lakini, no shirts, nothing. I, every time I go to the store, I walk around it multiple times and then I never buy anything. It's like, you know what? You're not buying anything until you buy something at world. So now I'm like, we got to get there early before things sell out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool that you qualified for both dude. Like, and to talk about your race schedule, I think this is where it's so, it's so amazing that you set yourself up with multiple races to give yourself the chance to qualify. And that's all thrown out because you've got them both. You've got them both qualified already. So now you've got this, this uh, list of races to do. Now it's time to have some fun. Not that it's not fun leading into a world championships, but now you can right. really begin to play with detachment, like detached fully, um, go out of that run, super hot, go out on the swim, you know, strong and, and see what you're capable of, um, for a swim. Um, breaking 30 or, or 25, whatever, whatever the goal is and play with yeah. these things. Like that's a really fun place to be. Yeah. That is one of the things that I've been thinking about is exactly that and being able to, all right, let's ride the ride hard and see if I can still run at Santa Cruz, right? Let's, let's push the, push the wattage a little bit and see how the body reacts on the run. And, and yeah, it was kind of this, wow, I've got, uh, Santa Cruz. I had Arizona, I had La Quinta and Oceanside all booked already, right. And all ready to, ready to do these for Finland and Oregon was for Finland even, right. And not until the last second did they add St. George. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, it's all done. Yeah. Now I've got this race schedule. What do I do with it? So it's, it took, it's been fun actually thinking about it and realizing that, yeah, now, now it's just fun. And think about, I like to think about this too, now that you've got spots and as you continue to progress and get faster and stronger in these races and test yourself and come out the other side with some information and some successes, when you go to roll down, you're going to be, get, you're going to be giving um, spots to people. You're going to be allowing to make somebody's day in the next four races. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I look that at is, that. And that it's is like, cool. Cause right. I mean that, that, uh, and ultimately that's what happened to me. And ultimately that's what, uh, one of my goals, you know, I want to get in that top, whatever the, the, the spots are for the race. But ultimately I think my stretch goal, um, is trying to push to that top five spot, mm -hmm. right. To, to be able to be recognized and, uh, and push to, to make a top five spot. And, and then it's not a roll down spot and, uh, see if we can get there. Top five, you stand on that podium. It's super cool, super cool feeling. Um, and why not do it at every race that you have left, you know? Yeah. Well, definitely that will be the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I guess now I've got about eight weeks. Um, 
not that I want to know exactly what we're doing, but I mean, what do you see? Do you see, I mean, in my mind, I see, okay, we've got eight weeks. We've kind of spent a week recovering and now the, the quantity and, uh, or the volume and the intensity will start to pick back up. Um, do you just see the effort levels, right? We've seen what I can do. So now you as a coach, you start to look and say, okay, we want to start to push bigger wattage or we want to start. And, and you just kind of continue the progression that we were making into Oregon. Yeah. I think f- for you, we, we build out that long ride on the weekend to be a hilly ride. Lots of, lots of elevation. Uh, and even I know a half Ironman is, you know, now you're down to 440, but we're looking at a, a just a bike ride alone of three or four hours, maybe pushing five. Um, and it, the intensity is, is light on these big rides The the elevation and the climbing is the stimulus that, that you need for the body. It's not pushing hard, hard Watts. But what this does is it gains strength and durability in the body so that when we come back midweek, and we hit these sweet spot intervals, this VO2 efforts that are short, your body will absorb them better and you'll be able to do them in bigger blocks. So I think, I can't remember what block we got up for you, but get into a sweet spot block of six times, 10 minutes, like really hammering away at some steady arrow. What happens on number four when everything is saying, just stop pedaling. I, just, I can take a break <laughs> and be in, and be in that. So I think, well, I know that you're ready for that now. Um, you, you're pretty healed up after uh, Oregon. So that's something that we'll be working on. And then for run, definitely adding uh, hills, uh, more hills in there, but also um, getting back to that tempo, longer tempo, um, being able to, s- to sustain a seven or 650, seven minute pace for five minutes, 10 minutes, starting to build to 20 minutes, keep giving that mind that confidence that you can, it's going to be challenging. Of course, it's going to be challenging, but it is possible. And, um, and then build that out to, I think a nice 40 minute, 45 minute tempo at that six fifty seven minute pace. Cause you kind of have to go a little bit beyond where you want to go. Um, right. but in your back pocket, you've got seven fifteen. you've got that right. in, in the mind and that's pretty cool. Right. That's right. pretty and cool. And also in my mind, I play, I, I, I keep going back to a little bit, uh, that the last two miles I fell off. Right. And, and part of that is, uh, at least the way I look at it is continuing to build the base, right. Continuing to build the endurance. Um, because when I look at those miles, the miles were sevens, right. I was holding that decent pace until those last couple. And that's where I really started to fall off. So, um, yeah, I feel confident in being able to hold that pace. Um, just knowing that with time, I'll, I'll extend the, the length at which I can hold it. At 100%. And, and also back to your, your, your goal of getting faster on the bike, getting stronger and more endurance on the bike is, is by default going to allow you to run faster. It's not going to suck uh, so much away from you to put out watts. You're going to be able to to, to dial it up, like dial up that right. bike wattage, but be able to run off of it. That's the key here. So as, as someone who's motivated to increase bike performance, fitness, strength, power, what is the, what is the, 
What is the result that's going to happen on the run? At what cost? So that's the same thing you're doing with your weight. Like at what point do they start, does it start to fluctuate where you're like, I don't, I don't quite know if, if that's the right, we're going to find out. Um, and, um, and it's, it's a great, it's a fun place to play. I've done this many, many times, uh, building bike fitness while allowing run fitness to kind of be status quo. And then when it comes mm -hmm. to race day, they're fitter on the bike, which allows them to run to, to your potential. So I would say a little bit was probably, you know, bike, um, although your bike was to me, it was paced perfectly. And even Daniel was like, why did, why did Chris drop off a little bit at the end there? Um, why did he pull back? And, and, um, uh, and my perspective on the was bike? just, yeah, on the bike, yeah. it's just, you knew you, you think you said in your video, like you might've felt like you went a little too hard and you want to set yourself up for a run. So at what cost to bike at sub two thirty versus a two thirty six, but run a one thirty six versus a one fifty, right. you know, at what cost? And I always will recommend the run, run bike for show run for dough. That's this is what we want. You want to pass people on the run. Uh, you're fit and strong um, and you have the ability. So why toss it away on the bike for a sub 230? Not that you were. Someone who's listening to this is like, yeah, I want to bike. You know, I want to bike faster. Keep those two, keep those two together. Uh, it's really, really, really important. Yeah, I think one of the other things I get asked often is uh, people that either watch my Strava or the videos is like, why, why do you over swim or why do you over bike? Why do you um, running? We, we haven't really over ran. So it'd be interesting to see the, the, your thoughts on that. But I mean, for me, swimming over swimming and over biking um, partially goes into a lot of mental Right. It, it, I feel like if I'm doing 70 mile bike rides, 75 mile, 80 mile bike rides on the weekend, uh, 56 miles is, is nothing. So, you know, for me, there is a lot of overtraining some of those so that when you get off of the bike, when you get out of the swim, you know, I, if I had the time, I'd swim, you know, 3,800 to 4,000 yards every day. Right. But I only have the, an hour, hour and 10 minutes. Um, but I feel like those two sports specifically kind of overtraining them. Um, it's like putting extra fuel in the tank, you know, and, and mentally as well as physically. So when you get off and, and you run, um, you, you have just more. Yeah, exactly. So think about, think about the triathlon, the swim and the bike. You can't get to the run unless you're fit on the swim and the bike. So it just makes sense that those two things are where a lot of your time are spent. Number two, I mean, come on, there's no better thing for recovery than to be in the pool swimming at, at like 90% of your body weight um, supported. Um, and cycling is is lesser of an impact. Running is such a hard impact on the body. And as we age, yeah, yeah it's just going to continue to take a toll. Although age is just a number. I get that. Um, but if we can focus and get really strong and fit on the swim and bike, you can you can certainly run as you've seen. Your longest run might have been an hour forty, but I want to say it's an hour thirty. I yeah, think ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. minutes, was as 90 long minutes. As we went this last one, yeah. Um, and I personally go up to ninety minutes, maybe two hours every once in a while for Ironman distance. But I do a lot of swim volume and bike volume. Um, running loves swimming. Swimming doesn't like running so much. Um, so to get that run might might not make sense to you, but up in your swimming volume and bike volume will 
uh, right. allow you to run run faster and stronger. Although I think a lot of us sometimes want to run more miles because we it's what we're most familiar with. We walk, you know, we don't really hop on a bike or swim much. Right. Yeah. Well, even going to this race, I mean, definitely when training ultras, I was a low, lower mileage, I think, uh, than most. And I, you know, part of that went to what my body could handle, right? I could only, couldn't do 25 miles and then 15 miles, right? I just really never ran beyond 20 miles, right? I do a 20 mile and a 15 mile day, but never really above 20 miles leading into a hundred miler. It just, it wasn't, uh, in my, I didn't get benefit from it. I did more damage than, than I got benefit from it. And I think going into this in my mind, I was questioning a little bit, the long run and questioning, um, should I be running more? Because when I did come off of ultras a couple of years ago and I went straight into doing, I think I did 12 weeks of training for La Quinta. Um, my run, I was running faster than I ever run. Right. I was basically running like I was running now. And I didn't do that in the race though. I ran eight thirties in the race, but, um, but in my mind, it was that amount of base training and that amount of volume six days a week of running is what allowed me to get to seven minute mile pace. And I kind of had carried that with me all, I carried that all along until now actually. Right. And, and realizing now, well, wait a second, cause I was still questioning, I need to do more running. I need to do more running and how can we fit more running? And I think I had talked to you about that a little bit. And ultimately, obviously I didn't need to do more running. It was just consistency really is what ultimately I think it was right. Whether I was doing three sports or one sport, what I did during the ultra times was, uh, consistency. I had a lot of consistent training and, uh, not until recently have I really been back to consistent in all three sports. Yeah. That's, that's the essence of, of what I firmly believe in is consistency. If you're not doing the work day in and day out, a little bit, 15 minutes, 30 minutes a day, then, um, you're not getting that feel that flow. Um, but also you were able to be consistent because you're healthy and you're able to be healthy because you're consistent. So the two go hand in hand, and that's a great place to be to not show up limping to the start line to be, you know, 90, 95% free of any niggles that are happening. Maybe there's a, a touch of this, this and that, but for the most part, when you do a lot of consistent training day in, day out, mostly at a low level, 70, 80% at, you know, Z2 chill, and then add in some speed and, and fast stuff like you're, it's a really good recipe because we all want to do more speed. Like we all want to feel that, that high of, you know, running seven minute miles. But again, at what cost to the body, if we can get seven thirties and eights and then sprinkle in some six thirties and six forty fives a little bit here and there, then the body actually adapts to that a lot better. And we avoid those injuries that a lot of us experience when we, our training goes all or nothing, right? Yeah. Get seven days a week. And I was previously an all or nothing <laughs> athlete. Right. And I think, I think we all are the biggest thing, uh, since starting to work with you, um, even with my, you know, getting, you know, last year's results, there was, there was at least consistency. And I think, uh, I, I mentioned, I think on my last video that I think that's been the biggest issue with seeing improvement over the last 15 years was my lack of consistency. I've never been able to reach my potential because I would train for a race and then fall off and then train for a race and fall off. And I have not, um, had consistency. And that was at the end of the year. When I came back this year, I, I 
I basically said, look, I'm going to commit to all these races. And uh, at a minimum, I'm going to have two years of complete consistency and try and see what I'm able to accomplish. You know, not with the goal of quitting after two years, but just what can I accomplish with two years of complete consistency all the way till Finland. And look what happened. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. You just, you worried about being, you didn't worry about it. You put into action being consistent today and then the next day and not, not saying, oh, I'm going to do it for two years every day. And then I'm going to stop. It was, I'm just going to work on today. And you were gifted. This is what happens in this magical world that we live in. You were gifted to world championships because you committed to the daily practice of being consistent, but detached from how everything actually has to be executed. That's powerful. That's really powerful. It's that, it's that wanting, uh, desire, the longing, the knowing that you can achieve these things, but also detaching from how it actually, uh, has to happen. That's, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, you know, and I, obviously I credit you guys for that, um, 100%, right. The, the focus on meditation, the focus on detachment, focus on consistency, all of that. I think when, uh, I started with you, I still kind of had that mindset or, uh, draw to the, the, the sexiness of the, um, the suffering and the grinding away every single day. And it's all about mental toughness. And, you know, I mean, the, David Goggins always puts out a good video, right. Or whatever, you know, just keep going, just keep going. Right. But ultimately I think that shift in mindset and, and realizing that there's a lot of strength and growth in uh, quiet, quietness and calmness. And that's really where the mental strength that I've gained is coming from. And it's not just about brutal workouts every single day, never quit, never, you know, I think that's probably the biggest thing I've come away with since working with you guys. Yeah. You're putting that stuff into practice, Chris, you're, you're venturing into the unknown as some people are listening to this, like, there's no way I could sit still and be quiet. You know, it, it freaks me out too much, but get curious about it and sit still and see what's going on upstairs. Like feel the, feel the, the urge to get up after sitting down and feel that urge, but instead to get up and do something else, check your phone, just sit there a little bit longer and sit with that feeling and watch it pass. Watch it pass. Yeah, That's been huge with diet for me, right? You're sitting here, especially now I do a lot of working from home and I've got kids. So I know there's a bunch of junk food in the house and, and those urges come, right? And it's like, oh, I'm really hungry. I really want whatever it is. Right. And it's like, you know what, Jess told me, you know what, just, just when that urge comes, meditate for five minutes or just sit there still in front of it. And it's amazing at how then it's like, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm still hungry. Right. But, uh, I've gotten past that, uh, desire to make a bad choice or that pull to just go and grab something that isn't aligned with my goals. And it's, you know, it's the same way you know, I'll get comments about how are you always so peppy on your videos or how you're, you know, uh, what they don't always see in all of my videos is every morning starts with that 15 minutes of just quiet meditation. And I feel like that just sets me up for having energy, feeling refreshed. And, uh, and, and then, then I turn the camera on. Yeah. You've interrupted, you've interrupted your default. So the space between stimulus and response, 
where it was big before now it uh, where it was small before you were acting right away it's a little bit bigger and you've got this room to play in like i i know that there's chips in the cabinet but i don't actually have to choose them i can i know i can and then you have this epiphany like oh my god i have i have this choice i didn't know i had this choice i don't always have to reach for them and that's it's so profound chris and i think what you experience is is filtering into your videos, filtering into your podcast, filtering into your work and relationships and training and racing and, and how you drive to the pool. Like all of that is the meditation. When you leave the 15 minute meditation, those are all the opportunities out there to practice and put these things into, into good use. And we just never, and I'm sure you've heard Jess talk about this. We were just never trained. We were just never, you know, did the work to understand that we have these thoughts and that we don't always have to indulge in them, but taking the practice like you did be religious about it every morning, 15 minutes, that's your space. That's your calm. That's your stillness. And it doesn't mean that you give up. It doesn't mean that you're obviously, if you look at your race results, it's not like you're just out there floating and on a cloud with unicorns and rainbows. It's, it's a lot of, willpower and effort to no, get it I'm done just super zen all the time <laughs> yeah. now oh yeah just oh yeah 100 <laughs> zen <laughs> levitating um but there's a stillness that can happen with power power calm is powerful um it really is yeah yeah if anyone's seen the biggest benefit it's probably my kids so <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> just way more chill whatever Whatever. I don't care. Dad, you're so chill. I don't care if you break that, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's the evidence, right? That's the evidence. Our family knows us best. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. This was good to be here. It's kind of fun to do it this way. I know. Maybe we need to, well, that's, this is your post race. This is your kick. (laughs) You are racing a lot. We're going to do this. Every (laughs) week. I know you've I think got it, a podcast and all this other stuff, but now you're officially my co-host every, other week, every week. I love it. <laughs> um, you you did amazing, Chris, to wrap that up. Like just, I love it when an athlete has goals, they work hard, they detach from the outcome and they are served up the deliciousness of the actual goal that they wanted to achieve sooner than they had expected. And that to me is like, mm, that's, that fills my cup of joy. Yeah. And it feeds the motivation, right. For me and, uh, the desire to be more disciplined, the desire to keep going. So keep going. I'm excited. I'm excited. Good. Let's get you climbing. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much. Uh, that's pretty much it for this week. And that's kind of what happens Pretty much. I mean, a little more conversation, but that's kind of what we do every race. And it, it's really, it's something I hadn't done before working with you is kind of having that post race uh, dump and talk about that stuff. So it's, it's beneficial to kind of relive it and discuss it with you. So awesome. I appreciate Thanks, it. Chris. All right. Well, I'm sure I will talk to you soon. You bet. Too many days in the darkness without a glimpse of the Running tired and broken and scared But I swear I'll never give up the fight I see you broken and beat Head pulled down over your eyes 
up.